A lot of great things coming to Rock Hill. It really was the people of Rock Hill. How many things does Rock Hill have going on? And you get to be a part of that. Now it's like, wow, I wanna be there. I wanna live there. I wanna go there. It is extraordinary. The changes that have happened and what I really believe is just the next really great city in South Carolina. Hello and welcome into Rock Hill CityCast. My name is Matthew Cray alongside Ashley Studebaker. We hope to keep you informed on all things going on inside the city of Rock Hill. And today we have Rock Hill's chief financial officer, Ann Hardy. And I've been told she's often the person to go to if something is funny with your money or strange with your change. Uh, Ann, how are you today? I'm great, Matthew. Good to be here. Awesome. Well, we have not had you on the podcast before, or at least since I've been here. She was on one of the first few episodes, correct? Yeah, we'll we'll call that season one of the show since we had season one and then COVID and a big break. And we'll call this long stretch of episodes season two for now, just for a point of reference. But uh, people probably haven't heard from you in a while. So, uh, what we've been asking people to do recently is give the Ann Hardy elevator speech. So, the big important life events that you want people to know and include how you got to the city of Rock Hill. Okay, Matthew. So I have been in finance and government finance in particular for 31 years. And so a lot of people don't know that I was the county treasurer and finance director for 14 years before I came to work for the city. So um, I've been real involved in York County. um, I am a native of uh, Rock Hill and went to Northwestern High School in Winthrop. But, um, you know, being the CFO of the city is really special. I've been with the city of Rock Hill since 2005. I came to the position after being the um, treasurer and finance director kind of as a life change to be able to take care of my two daughters at that time when I was a single mom. Um, The city job gave me a little bit more stability, and I wasn't the finance director at that time. So I've been promoted as other people have moved up within the city. Um, Our our city manager, David Vihan, was the CFO before me. Awesome. And if you would, if you can think of one, give us a fun fact about yourself. A fun fact about myself. I think I, you know, this is probably aging me because this is kind of um, unique to the time era that I was born. But I was the first um, girl in Rock Hill to sign up for the YMCA sports in Ooh, Rock Hill. Really? So, Very cool. Um, back in the 70s. And what sport was that? It was T-ball. So like you, when I was in elementary school. So, so you're Rock Hill's first female T-ball player. In the Young Men's Christian Association. In yes. the YMCA. Yes. <laughs> you're a Rock Hill's first female YMCA T-ball player. Now, please tell me yes. there's a plaque for this somewhere. <laughs> no, like, and no. We're going to make one. <laughs> that's amazing. An honorary plaque so that's, there. So that's kind of a fun fact. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. That's some like a claim to fame kind of really cool. Yeah, we'll make and sure. And Robert get... Hope was my coach. Robert Hope was your coach? Mm-hmm. Very cool. How did you yeah. do that year? Was it fun? Did oh, you... I was I was a star, yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, you are the, uh, as we said, the chief financial officer for the city. And uh, something, I, I'm, I was decent at math, but I'm not very good at budgeting and money makes my head sweat and makes me all nervous. And this is your daily job. So right. making a personal budget is hard and abiding by it is hard. What different challenges come with making a city budget? <laughs> um, well, a budget 
for everybody is an estimate of your income and your expenses over a time period. And the city budget is kind of a formal plan for the city. It's recommended by the city manager and it's approved by the city council and it becomes the formal plan for charging for services, collecting taxes and for spending that the council approves. So our current city budget is $275 million. So it's a, a good bit of money. And then one of the things that we do in the finance department, the accounting division of um, the city's finance department is manage that budget, you know, make sure we do collect those revenues and make the expenses as council determines. So do you have to kind of like tell people no a lot as far as <laughs> we want to spend money on this and you guys lay the hammer down nope that's not within the budget that that is a big part of my job and says so, no and right, <laughs> says no and says we can't do this so um that is a big part of my job of course and I think this is a lot in the culture of the city of Rock Hill is we all want to do a great job we all want to do the best job we can for the people of of Rock Hill and sometimes um you know well, all the time that takes money, um, but sometimes we don't have all of those resources that we wish we had by department. And sometimes other departments, you know, we all tend to think as department heads that our initiatives are more important than someone else's. So I do have to say no a, a good bit. Is that the toughest part of the city budget? Um, I think the, co the connection between the wants and needs um, is the hardest part. Uh, and resonating the city council's direction of what those wants and needs are. So how do we how do we pay for this in the most efficient manner? So this uh, correct me if I'm 275 million. Yes. That's the budget. So how does that number get landed on? Well, we first start with where our revenue projections look to see how much money we have, and then we we um, ask all the departments to turn in their initiatives, which are new things that they may want to do or new people that they may want to hire. Um, an example of that might be the transit system, which was new to the city before. And then from there, we go to the point of, um, can we do this within, within the existing growth in our community? You know, the uh, additional buildings that are built that bring in more property taxes or is this going to take a rate increase and then does this rise to the importance of raising a rate to in order to provide this extended service so i think one of the biggest questions that the people in the public have when they pay their tax money is is where is that going and that's a very loaded question <laughs> and you could probably go a lot of different directions but uh what, what would ann hardy say well, I think that that one's easy for me because oh, good. most people <laughs> most people don't know that um, our property taxes don't even fund our public safety budgets. So when I say public safety, I'm talking primarily about police and fire, but maybe some court services. But we don't even bring in enough property taxes to cover those. We come close. But um, those are the kinds of services that we as a community need. It keeps our uh, city safer but they're not the kind of services that you can just charge the users for. So you can't say, oh, you called 911 because somebody broke into your car. Um, that will be $400. <laughs> you know? right. um, so everybody in the community shares, including businesses and in paying property taxes. Um, and then those 
dollars, property tax dollars, is, are what we use for police and fire because those are for the good of the general pop population. If your house burns down, Matthew, you don't want Oh, no. <laughs> it's <laughs> always terrible. <laughs> but if that happened, that would be terrible. But how terrible would it be for the city to say, oh, well, now you owe you know, twenty five thousand dollars for the water that was poured on it, and you know that's it's just not a service that we can bill for the to the user of the service. It's one that's for the good of the entire community. You came from uh, the county and right. you've been at here, been here at the city for a while. What's the biggest difference going from being a county treasurer to now what you are at the city of Rock Hill? What's the biggest difference for you? Um, the first notice. The first thing that I noticed was the people of Rock Hill. Um, I think Rock Hill, you know, they're really two different functions. And I think sometimes in the community, we tend to treat them like they're the same, but they're really different. So in Rock Hill, we have the electric water and sewer. You know, we have a large amount of services that we provide. We also provide services to a, to um, a greater variety of people in in the county, um, most of the customers that I dealt with were property owners because property taxes were a big thing, property tax collections. And then managing, um, working with department heads that all report to the city manager versus um, different elected offices is very different in terms of going back to the saying no. <laughs> <laughs> so it, with the county government, you have a sh elected sheriff instead of a police chief, for example, mm -hmm. or a probate judge over court or a um, uh, county clerk over the records division. So there are okay. several elected offices that are department heads in a county. All right. So when does when does budget season start? When do you, when do you start working <laughs> on the budget? Well, I work on the budget really every day, okay. but, but um, the budget division does most of the budget analytical work that involves other departments um, starting in January of every year, and it takes about six months. Okay, and so it starts in January, and then walk us through some of that process from January to June or July when it's approved. Okay, so we spend about three months in the finance office going through projections, um, asking department heads, meeting with department heads, talking about their current budget, what are your needs for next year, what are your desires, you know, going back to the needs versus wants. Um, and then we prepare a list of initiatives. We go through personnel projections, look at health insurance, different things. As you can imagine, being a service organization, a big part of the budget is payroll and related benefits. Um, because that's what we do is we provide services. But um, so after that three months, we kind of narrow in on what our gap is. We uh, after we meet with the department heads, we uh, pull in um, the deputy city managers and the city manager to go through and talk about priorities. Uh, so what's um, what are the things that rise to the level of the most important that make the most sense for Rock Hill? And then from there, um, if the budget is not balanced, we talk about cutting things out versus if there's a need for an increase in some certain rate. So after that six, seven-ish months, mm -hmm. you know, once everything's kind of finalized, okay, these positions are coming, do you have a couple of days to like breathe or is it like, okay, <laughs> on to the next one or how do we prepare for next year? Well, let me go back to because we're not finished yet. So once all of that is done, the city manager makes a recommendation to the 
to the city council and we go through a series of public meetings and a public hearing and they vote on the budget publicly so there's a lot of input after that that takes about another three months Mm -hmm. so it's really a six-month process and then once it's approved we do um take a um sigh of relief and then the auditors come in Ah. (laughs) so in finance so um so and they review you know how did we do with the year before um here the budget is sort of our directive from the city council mm-hmm. this is what you collect and this is what you spend and then when it's over with as we're starting a new budget we're finishing one year and the auditors come in and and look at to make sure that we did what council directed auditors sound fun yes <laughs> always so, a joy my question and then so there's 275 million dollars in this pot and i'm assuming you never get right to that or you don't end right at that dot right so like do you ever go over is it below what's that look like um i try to equate it to your personal finances you know um you may have revenues come in that you don't expect or expenses that come up we all have those um that come up so you just have to we just kind of have to adjust so we monitor the budget it on a formal basis monthly Mm -hmm. and um we report to council every month but um you know we really watch it every day yeah i'm sure that's something and correct me if i'm wrong that has changed with growth do you see the same number every year is it always 275 million or does that fluctuate depending on the number of people are in the city and how does that work or covid sure yeah, <laughs> yeah covid yeah <laughs> um Just, yes you know the normal pandemic you know we try to keep close tabs on um what's going on in our permitting office so that we know um what is being um constructed and what may produce taxes in the next year and yeah. we do really long-term planning most of our financial plans go out at least 10 years but in some cases 30 years to to kind of project growth based on what's happened in the past and what um co's are being issued or certificates of occupancy are being issued um you know and just watching around town uh, we watch hospitality taxes how many people are eating out what's going on with mm-hmm. the economy all of those things so um so yes so on this on citycast we've talked to a few different people and have brought up the south side tiff a lot mm-hmm. um so what what do you or your department how do you what's your hand in the south side tiff or tiff in general if if i can that's a good back it up just to set let's maybe establish what a tiff district is well first. true yeah so i because <laughs> not remember everyone listens to every in, episode <laughs> in yeah. my former life as a reporter uh, I came to Ann after a budget meeting and I was like, Ann, they just talked about this for 40 minutes and I still have no idea what a TIF district is. <laughs> right. So, uh, real, yeah, real quick, what is a TIF district? And then Ashley's question. <laughs> so that's a really good question, Matthew. Um, I'm not sure that most people understand what the what TIF stands for. So we'll just talk about that for a minute. It stands for tax increment financing and it's simply a financing tool of public infrastructure to trigger a targeted development so um i will i like to use riverwalk as a good example because in riverwalk the city was approached by the developer who had just torn down the the selenies plant and there was just this vacant massive piece of land there and the recession hit in 2008 and so he came to the city and said what can we do to make this development happen, even though we're experiencing a national recession. And um, so the idea came up to 
to put in a TIF to do the main major roads going in and to build the Riverwalk Trail on the Catawba River. So that's an amenity that everybody in Rock Hill can enjoy. And um, it did start development in Riverwalk immediately when things in the nation in other places were pretty much shut down in terms of construction, at least residential mm-hmm. construction. So um, a TIF is a way that you can finance a infrastructure project and pay for that infrastructure from incremental taxes that's where the i and tiff comes from or new taxes that the new construction pays so if you want a development in a certain area you would um, borrow money to build infrastructure that would produce produce construction that would pay property taxes and those property taxes are designated to repay the debt for the infrastructure yeah so the money comes out and let's just say uh an apartment building um we'll call it swift because i'm just that's the first word that came to mind swift apartment starts going up in riverwalk their property taxes go towards paying back the original money that was taken out correct right and okay. in riverwalk as you can imagine it's producing much more in property taxes than is required to repay the debt so yeah. that helps pay for things like police and fire and a new fire station if one is needed and those kinds of things. All right. Now, Ashley, uh, repeat your question again. <laughs> so um, the Southside TIF that yes. we're experiencing or going to be experiencing, what is your role or your department? Like how are your hands in there getting dirty or what's your role in that? Um, we're working with the Office of Strategy Management on that. So um, the Southside TIF is in the beginning stages. But what we would do in the finance office is predict or project what kind of development might occur based on if the city were to put in roads and curb and gutter and sidewalks and things that might spur a developer to decide to locate in a certain place on the south side. So we do a lot of projections with that. Um, When it gets to the point that we issue debt, we would do that. But of course, we wouldn't issue debt. And then when we do issue debt, we need to... um, have a great understanding of you know how it will be repaid and um our projections are really important in being able to do that all right and i've got the 275 million dollar question that everyone wants to know Uh, is the city in good financial standing yes i would say that um the city is in very good financial condition our manager and council really set very high expectations for our department heads and staff. Um, so every one of us is held accountable to our budgets, and they do hold us accountable. Um, so our topic today, the budget, is the council direction for spending, and um, every department head is expected to adhere to that, and they are rated on that every year. Um, after the year, we have an independent CPA firm come in that um, – reviews us and recently we had a standard and poor's rating agency come in and do a thorough review um, pretty much in response to the publicity that's been out with the pause of the panther project and after their extensive review they came back and actually increased our rating and gave us an a plus rating so that happened on june well it was a two-month review but on june 30th they came in and and actually increased our our bond rating so 
I think you, Matthew, you might have asked what you think is a $275 million question, but I think I might have that question for the public. Add a bad penny on that. The $275 million <laughs> and one cent. cent question. Question. The most common desire, I'm speaking for everybody here, is to not raise taxes. So how has the city been on that front in recent years? Uh, the city hasn't had a tax increase. I wish I knew the year. I want to say off the top of my head, 2016, but it's been a while since the um, city has had a tax increase. Um, we really try to our very best to fit our initiatives within the growth that occurs. So it's um, a strategic kind of approach to the budget to, uh, you know, what can we do in Rock Hill to make sure that Rock Hill is growing and that we have the revenues, the increase in revenues necessary to fund um, our services so that we don't have to have tax increases. All right. So, and r tell me if I'm wrong here. Uh, you know, you said the city hasn't raised taxes and you said, you think five, six years, there was a meeting. Oh, it's actually longer. Than it's that. longer than that. <laughs> but at least since then, uh, there was, uh, I believe a meeting that took place with the PMPA, which is the Piedmont Municipal Power Association. Is that correct? Uh, yes. And, and I don't remember. It was somewhere in the 2016 to 2018 range, and there was some really good negotiating that went on, and the city had an electric rate decrease. Is that correct? That's right. So we purchase our power from PMPA and then resell that power to the um, people of Rock Hill. Mm -hmm. And um, so through that negotiation, uh our deputy city manager and our city manager were involved in that. They were able to get a lower rate for what we pay for power. So we passed that on to the customers of Rock Hill and had a 4% electric rate decrease. Wow. And that's something totally unique to Rock Hill, right? I mean, not a lot of cities have to take on those meetings because not a lot of municipalities have their own utilities, correct? That's right. Not many cities have um, provide electric in a lot of cities, it may be a cooperative or it may be Duke Energy. So a lot of our, um, we're a little bit unique in that we have an electric department. Is there uh, anything more to add on the budget front? Um, I think that, um, you know, right now what we're, with the city budget, inflation is hitting us just like it oh, is everybody point, yeah. else. Mm -hmm. So we're really having to watch things like fuel and um, supply chain and um, cost of just providing services. How, sure. how does that factor into how you're, what the things you're working on every day, what inflation is? Well, our revenue is what it is. Yeah. So um, it's making sure those expenses fit in. So, for example, in the budget office, we monitor the budget in every department. So what we would do is if fuel is going up in the fire department, which it will because the fire trucks don't get very good gas mileage, um, not to their fault. They just are big right. old pieces yeah. of equipment. <laughs> but um, if they're spending more than we thought they would have to spend on fuel, we might have to cut back on something like mm. um, uniforms or... Yeah. Cool. And see, you just, you hear 270, I mean, when I hear $275 million, I'm like, wow. I mean, you know, you could spend it wherever, whenever, that's a lot of money. But, you know, to a local government, I mean, that's really, I don't know, in terms of other municipalities based on size and everything, how that divvies out. But, I mean, mm -hmm. 
you got to think of fuel costs and stuff like that, which, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think of when you have millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> um, so recently, and this is diving a little bit to the right, so if there's anything budget-related, we can come back to it, but uh, you taught a crash course on financial wellness. Uh, how did that come about? Okay, so we had a, an employee survey, which our human resources department conducted, and part of that employee survey that came back is that employees were interested in financial wellness, um, recognizing that stress can sometimes be caused by finances, or all the time caused by finances. <laughs> but um, so uh, we put together a financial wellness committee, and during the month of July, we had two classes, uh, two one-hour classes a week. So we had eight finance classes in July for employees on on financial management. And I know it's a longer series to probably dive into as um, you've done a few of these classes, but what are just off the rip three things that people can do to save money? Do you mean mean like saving money when they go to the store or do you mean like saving money, like saving for retirement or both? Well, really both. (laughs) How can you build your bank account for better financial wellness? Right. So, um, one thing that we talked about first in the very first session was um, setting some personal goals. So for me, I did this about 25 years ago. I was a little late starter, but but so 25 years ago, I said, okay, really sit down and think about what are your personal financial goals. And for my for me, mine were first to take care of my family. At that time, I was a single mom. I had two little girls, so it was to provide for them and to be able to send them to college and then second I wanted to be able to take care of my parents in their elder years if they wanted if they needed any financial assistance and then the third was to um buy a condo at the beach (laughs) so (laughs) priorities yes I have not um accomplished all three of those but both my parents have passed away and my children are grown and they both graduated from college so um, so the condo is almost there. The condo is what I'm working on now. It's in sight. It's within reach. You can smell the ocean. She's saving the pennies. Sort of. Yeah. You know, the, the need versus want shrinks and grows in sizes. But, and, but anyway, so I would say the first thing is to recognize that finances is not uh, rocket science. It's mainly behavioral. So um, stop spending. So I like to think of it in terms of a wound. If you were to cut your leg... The first thing you need to do is stop the bleeding, right? Before you worried about it not getting infected, you got to stop the bleeding, put the pressure on it, get some stitches if you need those. So um, I kind of equate that to stop spending. And some of the things that we learned about in these finance classes with employees was to um, make grocery lists, maybe not take your children into the stores if you can help it we talked a little bit about impulse shopping on amazon or mail order and I how feel convicted <laughs> how to curtail that um y'all know i've just um recently became a grandmother so all this cute stuff pops up on the computer at home about you know these cute little outfits so i have started a savings account and every time i resist buying something for my granddaughter I put that money in a savings account. What I hope to do is give that to her one day for her college or something. So I'll put in there a comment, resisted buying cute onesie. And so one day I hope to be able to give her a a little college fund for all the impulse buys that I didn't do. But um, another thing is I think taking little steps. In 1997 was when I got divorced and 
at that time, I, when I set these goals for myself, I wanted to um, start saving. So you got to think about, I mean, just little things that add up. And I gave this example in the finance class. I um, had um, 24 years ago, or however many years that is, I started putting $25 a paycheck into deferred comp. And I was selling them about how the time value of money it earns interest and grows. And um, so even though I, I've been doing that, that's $650 a year. It's basically at that time I was saying, okay, if I don't go out to eat mm. for lunch and I bring my lunch instead, I can save that $25 a paycheck. And I'll just put that in deferred comp and it'll come out of my check and I'll never see it. That account now has grown to, now I've put, I've put out of my paycheck about 16000 but but since I've been doing it for 24 years, it has grown to over $50,000 now. Wow. So here I am. At and that's just end, $25 a paycheck. $25 a paycheck. So we learned about that in the finance class, about the time value of money and allowing it to compound interest and grow. And um, But it started with an idea of, okay, how can I cut $25 out of my spending? and put it away and not look at it so and i'm sure the concepts of personal financial wellness and financial wellness on a larger scale for a city run very similar yes so um it's it's a matter of um you know if you see a problem developing like the cost of fuel uh cutting back somewhere else so in your household budget you might um know that your air conditioner is on its last leg and you might have to replace it so you could ignore that and then have a financial emergency when it does break or you can kind of start putting aside a little bit of money knowing that okay my air conditioning unit is 15 years old and it's probably going to break soon and i need to be setting aside so we do that with the city we look at the age of our assets um, and try to um, project long term. So when I talked about that 10 year and 30 year planning, I'm talking about things like the water plant. You know, we mm-hmm. started the water and wastewater plant expansions, which are multi-million dollar projects um, years ago when we were at like 80% capacity because we knew that by the time we could set ourselves up to do the improvements, um, you know, we couldn't wait until the last minute for those types of projects. Is there anything budget related that uh, we missed or that you'd like to add? Hmm. I think I just encourage people to get involved and know what's going on in the city. We have inside Rock Hill classes, which are really informative in terms of um, how the city's money is spent. And then we also offer the work sessions and the council meetings throughout the budget process and have meetings with public input um, where we take public comments on the budget. Well, Anne, thank you for joining us. I'm going to go empty my uh, Amazon cart. So (laughs) thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join CityCast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.